A very good morning to all of you. It's great to be together, <clears throat> and we thank God that he has provided for us whatever we need. Even so, there's no sesco today, but at least we have power. I want to take you today into the Word of God, and uh, my subject today is a very powerful one. Okay, we are listening into divine conversation. We are listening into divine conversation. So today we have the privilege to hear a discussion between the Father and the Son. And uh, in the course of this uh, conversation, which is about all of us actually, we will learn quite a good number of things. So let me take you to the book of John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 6. I have revealed, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. This is Jesus speaking to his Father. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted this message and know that I came from you. And they believe that you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. Okay, we'll break that down in a few minutes and uh, go into details what all of this means. Let me also read from the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty way of life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was, precious, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this uh, opportunity for us to be together today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, and we ask you, Lord, that you speak to each and every one of us. Speak into our hearts, speak to our minds. Lord, give us knowledge and understanding so that what we hear will be able to benefit us, will be able to make a difference in our lives. Lord, we thank you so much that your word is life. And thank you that this life is coming to us today in a wonderful and powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we have the privilege to listening in to a conversation between the father and the son. The one who is speaking is a son. The father is on the other side. We don't hear his voice. But sometimes, of course, we have heard his voice. And of course, from what Jesus is saying, we understand everything that Jesus has been planning to do. So we can look into this word and we find a very, very powerful revelation in this word. After all, this is not just anybody talking. This is Jesus talking to his heavenly father. And out of that conversation, we are able to learn quite a lot. So the first thing that Jesus says is that I have, revealed, I have revealed to you the ones you gave me from this world. You know, this is a very powerful sentence. You have revealed the ones you have given me. Jesus allowed the Father to identify those he had chosen 
to walk with his son. Those who would become disciples. Those who would become children of the family of God. Okay? And when Jesus came, he took time to look for those whom God the Father would show him that they would be able to walk with him and follow him. Now, what is interesting is that Jesus says, you gave them to me. So in other words, the Father entrusted certain people into the care of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ so that in the hands of the Lord, they may be changed, they may be transformed. And, and you know, I want you to understand that what Jesus is saying is not just about those disciples at that particular time, but about you and me, okay? Because we are all here today. Those, those disciples, the 12 and others who were with us, I have revealed to you the ones you have given me. Okay, so in other words, Jesus says, you know, to us, the reason why you are here today is because God the Father has revealed to Jesus that you are part of the family of God. Okay, that you are called out of darkness into the ways of evil and wickedness, but that you are willing to walk in the ways of the living God. And so we are entrusted in the care of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may sometimes not be aware of that fact, but that's what Jesus is telling us. You know, the Father who knew us even before the foundation of the world, and I will come to that in a moment. The Father who knew us from the very beginning, okay? Not the beginning of your birth, but even long before that. He is the one who decided to hand you into the caring hands of the Lord Jesus Christ so that your life could become what God had always intended it to be. We all know that sin has destroyed so much in our world and sin has taken human beings away from the heart of God. But God says, I want you to have those people I have called out, that I have chosen to be handed into your care so that they can become again what I have wanted them to be all along. And that's a very powerful revelation. Now, Jesus identifies those that the Lord Jesus, I mean, that the Father in heaven gave to him. Okay, let me just read one or two scriptures in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 18. We read... One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for their, for their, for their fishing. They, was, they were fishing for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets, brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now, that's an amazing uh, revelation that God gives to us. You know, uh, I, I want you to understand that uh, there was a time when you didn't know Jesus. Maybe you knew him just as a good man. Maybe you knew him just from, from hearing uh, in school or in church about him, but you didn't have a relationship with him. And Jesus was walking by. Jesus was coming to where you were, and he saw you. Okay? This is what we are seeing here. Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, and he kept looking. He wanted to see those God would give him testimony in his heart. These are the ones. And praise God, you know, the voice from heaven came into the heart of Jesus. These are the ones. There was Simon called Peter, and there was his brother, okay, Andrew. And Jesus saw how they were busy doing their work, and the eyes of the Lord were on them. I want you to understand that the eyes of the Lord Jesus were on you before you knew him. Amen. Amen? 
Before you had any clue that at one time probably you would be uh, walking with Jesus, the eyes of God were on you. There was a communication between Christ and the Father. And the Father said, these are the ones. Imagine that. Okay, so you're not here by accident. You're here because the father gave intelligence to his son. These are the ones. And that's how he gave you the call. Come, follow me. And I will make you. Okay, this is a powerful word. I will make you. Now these people were fishermen. They were used to catch fish. And Jesus said, I'll make you into fishers of men. Now, you may not have been a fisherman, <clears throat> but God will take you from that you cannot even dream of. And Jesus said, I will make you. Everything that is required, I will do that in your life. And so God is busy transforming our lives. And all of us, we are still on a journey. None of us has arrived, okay, as long as we are still here, as long as God has still left us in this world, that means we still have to be transformed. We still have to be changed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ and into becoming the people that God wants us to be. But you know, his eyes have been on you before you, never, before you ever knew it. His eyes are on you, never mind the problem and the difficulties you may are going, maybe are going through, but his eyes are on you and he's able to bring you through all of the things that you are facing in your, in, your, in your life at this particular time. A little further we read in the book of Luke, chapter 5 and verse 27. Okay, oh, let me back up a little. Okay, so there was Peter and Andrew. They were fishing and they left their nets and they followed Jesus at once. And the Bible says a little further on the shore, he saw two other brothers, okay, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. Now, that was also a job, okay? Peter and Andrew, they were fishing. John and James, they were skilled in repairing the nets because a fisherman without a good net will not be able to do the job. And so, you know, each and every one of us has got a unique calling that God has given to us. And, and you know, in the life of, of Peter, we have seen how he was able to be uh, responded and, and, and gave their lives to the Lord. Okay, God promised him and his brother. When you look at John and James, you know, they were, they were having the same calling and yet in a unique way, okay? So they, they, the job they were doing in, 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 in taking care of the nets, they were also continuing able to do when they were in the kingdom of God. So whatever you have been doing, don't, don't despise it. Don't despise what you have learned. It will be of great value and use in the kingdom of God. And so we know that, you know, James became the first... Uh, the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem until he was uh, uh, matured, until he was killed by the Jews. But he was somebody who was taking care of the nets, you know, was taking care of uh, the needs that were there every day. John, of course, was somebody that God used in a long time. You know, while his brother James was living only a short time, his brother John, you know, was living until he became a very old man. And of course, the job description that God gave him was becoming real and remained true up to his, his uh, old age. That's why he gave us the book of Revelation and gave us a, a clear understanding that God is in control of all things. Okay? He repaired the nets. Okay? He made sure that whatever we would miss out, we would understand and of course, the book of Revelation is a book that you can read over and over again. And there will always be things that you don't understand. But as you are progressing forward, there will be things that God is going to reveal through to you, to you and to me 
through the writings of John. That's how God had called John, amazingly. Okay, so all of these men, God's eyes were on them. And he told his son, these are the ones, call them. And that's how he called them and they began to follow him. In Luke chapter 5, 27, we find another very interesting story. Okay. And it reads, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting as, at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, later he, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and their teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such a scum? Okay, so some people think that we are scum, okay? Some of the people who Jesus called to be disciples and even apostles, other people look to them as scum. Useless, worthless. But thank God, when the eyes of God are on you, when he calls you, it's because he has seen value in your life. He has seen a great future in your life. And he will not just leave you on the wayside, you know, but he will call you to come to him and walk with him and learn from him and get transformed by him. And that's what we see in this particular case. Jesus answered those people who called this man a scam, or these men, you know, the, the tax collectors, they called him a scam. So Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. <clears throat> okay? If you are okay, are you going to the doctor? Okay. You, you, you remember the doctor when you need him. <laughs> Isn't it? Sometimes, of course, we should go and even have a, a checkup. Uh, but uh, normally, we, we are not very fast in going to the doctor when we are okay. And so Jesus says, <clears throat> healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. Okay. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So Jesus knew that those people needed him, you know. Levi, the tax collector who became a wonderful uh, tool in the hands of God. It's God used, amen? Not only 12, he chose many. In fact, you can see that at one time he had 70, 72. Uh, and then, of course, the question was, who would be the people that would be designated, not just being followers, and of course, every follower is important, but those who would be designated to be leaders and apostles in his work. And in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 12, we read, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Okay, so listen carefully. He called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. So there were more than 12. Okay, but he chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So God calls you even if you are not becoming an apostle. Okay, God has a plan for you even if it's different from somebody else. So don't ever compare yourself with somebody else because God has a unique calling for each and every one of us. And God called us because his eyes saw what the Father in heaven had in mind with each and every one of us. That's amazing. Okay? So the, the, he called his disciples 
to him and he chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Okay, and then you have the name, Simon, whom he named Peter, the brother, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Simon, uh, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became the traitor. So 12 people were called disciples even today, apostles. But there were more disciples, many more disciples, and God calls disciples even today. So when, when Jesus walked along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, or when he walked along the roads of uh, Judea or Samaria, or wherever he was, his eyes were always open to see those whom the Father said, talk to them. And that's why Jesus would talk to a woman at a well who was a Samaritan woman. Even so, the Jews didn't like the Samaritans, and Jews would never talk to Samaritans, especially to Samaritan women. But Jesus did that because the Father said, this one is mine. And Jesus talked to her, and she became not only a follower, but she became an evangelist. Okay? She ran to the, to the city and he she told everybody, come, I found the Messiah. And they came and they listened. And later on they said, now we don't know, we don't believe any longer because you said this is the Messiah, but we have heard for ourselves the word of the Lord. And that's why we believe. So you, you understand. Thank God you are here today because you have followed the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus revealed the Father to each and every one of us. And, 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 and you know, we wouldn't know that there is a Father in heaven if Jesus would not have come to talk us, to, to, to tell us about him. Okay? He told us about how to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Okay? And so many other things. Now, we, we read at one particular time, uh, in the book of John chapter 14, because Jesus was talking about him going uh, to fulfill the purpose for which he had come into this world, die in Jerusalem and go back to the Father. And so Thomas came to, to him and says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, do you know him and have, you, and have seen him? Or from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for, for us. So in other words, Philip did not understand that he had actually seen the Father in Christ. Okay, then Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen Christ has seen the Father. Praise God. Because the Father and the Son are one. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. So we must understand, while God cannot be seen with our natural eyes. We can see him through the work of Jesus Christ. The work that he has done in us. The work that he's continuing doing in our lives. Because the Father and the Son, they're working in unison. They're working together. They're always one. And this is the the great revelation that God gives to us in this powerful prayer in John chapter 17, you know, that the Father and the Son are together, you know. They are not pulling into different directions. They are always do the way God wants them 
to be. Now, in this prayer, Jesus says something, and I, and I like this especially in the New Living Translation. You know, in uh, John 17, verse 6, Jesus says, I've revealed you to the ones you gave me from these worlds. They were always yours. They were always yours. Now think about that for a moment. Okay? That's a very powerful statement. So in other words, Jesus says to the Father, thank you for entrusting the people who, will, who belong to you from the very beginning. Okay? Always. So what does that mean, that always? Now, here we must understand that the Father and the Son speak of realities from before the creation of the world. Okay? Not yesterday or day before yesterday or 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago, but the Father and the Son speak about realities that were, that were existent before Jesus came into this world, before the world was even created. And it's very important for us to realize that. You know, I've said this before, uh, scientists are trying to find out where life comes from, how the world came into existence. And a lot of money is being spent to research, you know, what could be, what could have been the, 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 the mode of operandi, you know, of how the world came to being, being. What was about the Big Bang that should have happened, you know, 13.8 million uh, years ago? Of course, uh, this is the assumption that people have. So the question is, how did it come into being? And the reality is that no scientist who lives in this creation will ever be able to find out because there is something that is beyond and that we can never see it from within. We need to hear it from outside. And the one who gives us this knowledge is our God himself. Okay. In John chapter 17, verse 1, okay, John 17, verse 1, this is when the prayer of Jesus begins. Uh, we read, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Okay, so the hour has come. That means the time for his for his uh, fulfillment of salvation was near. Okay, so verse 2. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth, by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Wow, listen to this. Jesus says, now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So in other words, Jesus came from the Father. And of course, Jesus was... was uh, not just revealed to us uh, as the, uh, the person Jesus in the New Testament, but he was the Christ, the son of the living God, who was also very actively involved in the life of the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Okay, he was the rock that, that traveled with the people of Israel, and that rock was Christ. Okay, the Bible tells us clearly. So Jesus says, now my, my time is, 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 is done. Okay, I've completed what I had to complete on earth. So in other words, I bring salvation to everyone. And now I long, I long to get back into the glory. Okay, so in other words, you know, we have history. And your history does not start with your birth or your history does not even start with your conception. There is a history that is much, much older than that. So we get an insight into the plan, the eternal plan of God. Okay, so the, 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 the Lord Jesus says they, have, they were always yours. 
And God designed us and gave us an, a, a heritage in, in Christ from our Father in heaven. You know, the Bible tells us all things have been worked together for those who love the Lord. All things, okay? And I believe that all things have been favorably aligned for God's people. Not only when we were, were born into this world or when we were born again and came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but long before that. In the book of Psalm 139, it's a very powerful psalm. I think you should, you should take time to study this psalm, read that psalm, not once, not twice, but over and over again, because it's a very, very powerful revelation that God gives us in this psalm. And let me just read a few verses for you. Okay, Psalm 139, and I'm going to read from verse 15. So the Bible says here, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Very interesting. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. There's something called a secret place. A secret place is a place that you don't know where it is. Okay? It is hidden. Okay? And, and, and I believe that God is the one who has designed us, imagined us, you know, uh, put a, put a uh, you know, a, a frame for, for our lives down long before the world came into being. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says that God loved us even before the foundation of the world. How, how can you love somebody who doesn't exist? Okay? But no, for God we have existed. He is the one who has made in the secret place. So the Father, okay, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. So the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they were preparing us. They were designing us. And not only that, they were writing every detail about us into a book. Okay, now books were not uh, invented until much, much later. Okay. In those days, they were using scrolls. But imagine uh, there's a book in heaven where God has written wonderful things. So my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Okay, so in other words, when you didn't have a body. Because, you see, the body is just carrying our, our you know, our personality inside of us, okay? You are not your body. You are more than your body, okay? The body is only given to us so that we can relate to this world. We can relate to other people in this world, okay? And, and the Bible says, I saw my unformed body, okay? All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. Isn't that powerful? God knows about your life from the beginning to the end. And that's what Jesus said, they were always yours. You know, you have given these people to me, but they have always been yours. From the time when he framed us, okay? When he thought about us, when he decided what kind of gifts and talents and abilities he would give to us. And we have all received so many wonderful things from the hands of our Lord, in the natural and in the spiritual. So God ordained days for our lives, and all the days he ordained for our lives were written in his book before one day even began. Okay, so that happened long before we were born, long before we were conceived. Because God is God. He knows all things. To me, I, okay, thoughts of God. How vast is the sum of them? Verse 18. 
Were I to, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Okay? We go to sleep. We don't know what is happening around us, but God is still there. When we wake up, we find him again. Okay? Isn't it powerful? Even when you go through a dark valley, you know, he will not leave you. His stuff and his rod comfort us even when we think death is the next thing which happen, is going to happen to us. Okay, verse 19. Okay. So what, what uh, David is worried about is the wicked people who don't understand any of this. Okay. Who are living as if they have life in their, their, their own hands. And, and, and you know, David was disturbed by those people. He says, if you would only slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty man. And of course, there are wicked people in our world, isn't it? There are, is utter darkness that is being, uh, you know, revealed in our world in many different places. But we should not be disturbed by the wicked men, okay? Because the wicked cannot do anything against the ones God has called the one said they have always been mine. Praise God. Remember the eyes of the Lord, they are on you. Okay, when Jesus came and he walked the streets of Galilee or of, uh, you know, Nazareth or, or, or Capernaum, his eyes were looking out for those whom the Father had given him. The ones who were called, the ones who were chosen by God. And praise God. Reason arrived. Okay, when we were born, God found ways and means to call us out of the world of darkness into which we were all born. Whether we like it or not, every single one of us has been born into the world of darkness. We were not Christians when we were born in the natural. Okay? Even if we were born in a Christian home, it doesn't mean that you were a child of God. No, you have to become a child of God through a creative act of Christ. And Jesus calls this being born again. Okay, when the Spirit is moving and brings that which is, you know, dead. That means our spirit that God had created in the beginning because he created us body, soul, and spirit. But the Spirit died. But the Spirit makes this... That the Holy Spirit makes our spirit life again. And that is what it means to be born again. So we have always been the very own property of God. Okay? We, we don't belong to the devil. Even so, the devil was causing havoc in our life at one time or the other. Or maybe if he's still causing havoc in your life, let me tell you, you are not the property of Satan. Okay? And next time he gives you trouble, tell him, I don't belong to you. Hey, you must know who you are. Okay? I think there's this song uh, that says we must know who we are. Okay? Uh, and really we are, we are the people of God who are, who are able to, to conquer the darkness in the power of Jesus Christ. Thank God. So know who you are. You belong to Christ. And the word of God says, you have always been his. Okay? Unless, unless you are uh, not giving your life to him. Unless you are doing your own thing. But God says, I loved you with an everlasting love. Okay, an everlasting love is not, is not 20 years old, is not 50 years old, is not 100 years old. Everlasting love. And Jesus says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. From the time that he made our frame. Okay, like it was saying in verse 15 of uh, Psalm 139. Okay. From that time when... He made us, okay? When, our, when he framed our life, you know, sometimes when you, are, when you are building a building, first of all, you have to frame the building. You have to know, okay, where are the, the corners? Uh, how are you going to plan it? 
and then eventually you are going to look at the details. And that's exactly what God has done. He framed us, and our frame was not hidden before him when we were made in this secret place. Amen? We're very complex. There are, there are several stages of our, of our making, okay? We, first of all, there's a secret place. Then we were woven together in the depths of the earth. Then it comes to our mother's womb, and eventually we were born. Amazing. Okay? So this is a very powerful proclamation. When Jesus says to his father, thank you for giving me those from the world who have always been yours. Amen? So remember, you have always been God's. And you should write that somewhere. I'm the heritage of the Lord. I'm the son of the living God. Okay, I have received the everlasting love of my, of my God. This is powerful. <clears throat> now, then Jesus says in verse 7, actually it's still verse 6, you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now that's very important. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now today we are listening to the word of God. And you know the word of God is the eternal word of God. Okay, it may be written in this book and you can burn this book, but you cannot burn the, the word of God. Some people have to try to uproot anything to do with, with Christianity, but they have never been able to uproot the word of God. The Bible says the word was flesh. The word was, was, was with God and the word became flesh and walked amongst us. So God released the word, okay? And the word is Jesus. So when, when, when Jesus says, you gave them to me, these people that are now with me, you gave them to me and they have kept your word. What does he mean? Okay, first of all, the first word that we ever receive is Christ himself. Okay, Christ is the greatest gift that the Father has ever, ever given to us. You may, have heard, you may have heard words, but you see, the, the, the culmination of every word of God is Christ. Okay? And Christ was given to us. And when Jesus speaks to the Father and says, they have kept your word, he could have also said, they have kept me. Okay? They have kept me whom you sent into this world. They have received me. They have appreciated me. They have been walking with me. They have been accepting me. Praise God. Because Jesus is the word. Okay? The living word. And we need to learn to keep the word. We need to get to keep Christ in our lives. So again, we are getting another glimpse into the eternal plan of God God didn't just send angels to say, okay, can you tell them that I love them? No, God came himself. Okay, Jesus came to you and me and said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Because nobody can live, love with an everlasting love because we are all not everlasting, isn't it? But uh, Jesus is, it, is eternal or Christ is eternal. Okay, Christ is the eternal son of the living God. And when he says, I've and he will be to everlasting, everlasting love, he can say that because he has been from everlasting and he will be to everlasting. Praise God. And when we receive Christ to be our savior, to be our Lord, and he will give us eternal life. Then, of course, that means we also have to learn to appreciate his word. Okay, the word that we are listening to. Okay, Sunday after Sunday. That we should be reading day after day. Okay, the word that has power. The word 
that gives us revelation. The word that guides us, that leads us into all truth. God wants us to appreciate the word. Okay? And these disciples, they became disciples, you know. Disciple comes from the word discipline, isn't it? So these disciples, they became disciplined to walk with Christ and listen to the word of God. Now, of course, like with every human being, there are still shortcomings in every life. And of course, because even the disciples, they got a number of things wrong. And so Jesus would call them together and would ask them, what did you talk about on the way? And of course, on the, talk, on the, on the road, they were calling about who is the greatest. Then Jesus reveals his word. Okay, Jesus tells them a secret. The greatest amongst you is the one who is the servant of all. Okay, something that we don't always like, but it's a revelation. And you know what? Even the disciples had quarreled earlier on. They learned that lesson. At least 11 of them learned the lesson very well. Because they all became servants of Jesus in building the church. Amen? They learned this. They kept the word. They were not only keeping the word, they were preaching the word. So pay attention when you listen to the word of the Lord. Because God wants us to hear. Okay? And of course hearing sometimes can be a problem because we hear but we have not understood. Or we are not paying attention. You know, just because there is some sound hitting your, 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 your eardrum does not mean that you have understood what, it's, what it means. Isn't it? You know, sometimes you are so busy doing something and somebody says something to you and you, you, you didn't get it. You know, like I, I know from home, you know, mom sometimes tells me something and I'm busy reading the newspaper or something else. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she asked me, very clever, you know. She asked me, what did I say? <laughs> so I've heard, but I have not understood. You understand? Sometimes this is what we do. We hear, we hear the sound, but we say, yeah, 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 yeah. But when, when we are asked, what did I say? And the only thing, the only excuse that I can have is, please say it again. <laughs> okay, I didn't get it. <laughs> Okay, because sometimes we are so busy. Even when the word of God is being preached, sometimes we are so busy. We are so much living, immersed in our own world that we are not hearing what Jesus is saying. So we must hear. Okay, we must understand. Then we must do. And then we must keep. Not just do one thing and then forget about it the next time to do something else again, but we must keep the word. And Jesus says to his, to his father, they have kept my words. You know, that is, a, that is a, a, an acceleration. Okay? Amazing. And God wants us to accelerate, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the words. And be keepers of the word. Continue to live out that word that God gives to us. So that's a promotion, you know. Everybody wants a promotion, isn't it? We always want to go higher and higher and higher. And Jesus wants to promote you from hearing to understanding, to doing and to keeping. Okay? So that what you got, you will not lose it. Keep it. Don't lose the word that God has given to you. Minds can forget ourselves over and over and over again because, you know, our our minds can forget, <clears throat> but we must learn the lessons by doing them and keeping them so that we're not going astray when another situation comes that requires us to respond to him. <clears throat> this treasure of his words is of unlimited value. The treasure of his word is of unlimited value. Okay? We have no clue what the word of God is able to do. 
Okay, maybe you have seen this or the other thing happening in our lives. Maybe you have seen a miracle here and a miracle there. And we say, yeah, powerful. But what God's word can do, we cannot, we cannot even rub around our mind it because it's unlimited. Okay? Jesus said the truth will set you free. Okay? And his word is the truth. And his spirit has come to lead us into all truth. Praise God. So we are called to stay in this intimate relationship with the word. And of course, when we say the word, the first thing that should come to our mind that we stay in an intimate relationship with the word that is Christ. But also with the word that we carry, that we hear, that we listen to. Amen. Now next verse says, verse 7, now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Hey, I like this one. Maybe this should be a sermon on its own. Jesus says, thing I have is a gift from the Father. Out on praise God. And you know, sometimes we miss out on that reality. We don't see that whatever Jesus is offering us, it's a gift from the Father. God has not sent Jesus Christ to show us how great uh, the Son of God is. But no, actually, he wants us to be partakers of everything that he has brought into this world. He wants us to understand that whatever he brought, he has not come with it so that he takes it back with himself. But he has come with it so that he gives it to us as the gifts of our Father, our loving Father in heaven. This is powerful. Okay? And Jesus says, they know. Do you know? Do you know? Do we know? Okay? But these disciples, they know. Everything I have, have, have brought for them is a gift from the Father. Praise God. And, you know, if it's a gift from the Father, then you should not just leave it under the... Under the tree, under the Christmas tree. You know, when, when there's Christmas, you know, maybe if there's a tree, you have got some gifts for your children and so on. Do you think the children will leave their gifts there? When, when you say, this is yours, this is yours, this is yours, do you think any one of them will, will not unpack it and, and, and try to find out what is inside and, and use it? How is it that some of us, we have a lot of parcels that God has given to us, we have never opened we have never utilized. We have never taken hold of it. We have never claimed it. And you know, one of the things that Jesus says, these are the people who have known that everything that I carry is a gift for them. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of gifts. Don't miss them out. Amen? So, God is busy to reveal the treasures of his words to us. That's why, you know, you can study the word of God a hundred years and you will, you will uh, become familiar with the word of God, but that doesn't mean you have found every tre treasure in, 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 in the word of God. We need to dig, okay? Remember there is that parable where uh, the man found a treasure in a field and he sold everything because he knew that treasure was worth it. And that treasure is the living word of God. Christ and everything that he carries is ours. From a seed, okay, from a small seed. Remember he told us the parable of the sower. And the sower is sowing the seeds. And every seed has the capacity of producing hundredfold. Amazing. And if you take this seed back again, you know, one of the hundredfold, you take it back again, it can again produce hundredfold. If you take this, you know, it's unlimited. Isn't it? Every good farmer knows, every good gardener knows what a seed can do. Okay? And Jesus has given his, his word to us as a, as a seed that produces. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Every branch in me produces good fruit. And those who produce much fruit, they bring glory to the Father. 
So this word is amazing. And you know, this is what we need to remember. It's God's wonderful gift to all of us. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And when we follow him, we become the light of the world. Amen? So Jesus is actually calling us into that reality of himself. That's why we are called joint heirs with Christ. You know, everything that is in Christ is meant to be for you and for me too. Amen? The Bible says we are called to do greater things than he did because his time was limited, but we are still here. Okay? In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who, was, who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And he will do even here, and we are meant to that, you know, let that seed multiply many, many, many times over. In Christ, all things were created. Everything is created by him and for him. And we are for him. So God has decided that all divine fullness should dwell in Christ. Okay? And here we have his word. So you can dive into all of the divine fullness that comes through us, through Christ. And Jesus says, they know. Okay? They is us. Do we know? This is the question. Do we know that everything that Jesus is carrying is a gift for us that comes from our loving Father from the throne of grace? How beautiful, how wonderful. And finally, Jesus is praying for, I have passed on to them my message you gave me. Okay, Jesus is saying, I have passed my message, but it's the message that you have given me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. Now, this is amazing. And let me tell you, the secret behind, of this, behind all of this is that the disciples know and believe in the father-son relationship. Okay? They know there is a father who has sent his son, and his son was carrying out everything the father gave him to do, and the father, you know, gave the fullness of all the divine into the vessel called Christ to bring it to us. Okay? So the father and the son work together for our good. And we see this in John chapter 17, verse 1, when he says, you know, they have, they have accepted you. I have come to them and they have accepted me. Praise God. This is powerful. And of course, the, the, the Bible says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's the Father, Son. Okay? You are getting the grace from the throne of God freely because it has come to us in a package called Christ who was full of grace and truth. And all we need to do is accept it, receive it, understand it. Okay? So, those who are disciples of the Lord, Jesus says, they believe me. They believe that you have sent me. And they have become partakers of that son, father-son relationship. And they become joined heirs because they are also sons with the living God. So, thank God, we have all be, been able to receive the divine flow of the grace of God from his throne. 
You know, that divine flow comes to us. Even today, if you have not noticed it, I will want to tell you, there has a divine flow has come to you. There is so much truth in this word, and I want you to, to go through it over and over again. And when Jesus says, they, then you must put your name there, me. Okay? I have always been his. I have been loved by the Lord. I have been seen by my, my creator. Even when he framed me, when he started his work about me, he knew all, all things. He knows every day of my life because he has ordained every day of my life in a powerful and wonderful way. Isn't that nice and wonderful? And finally, you know, I have to come to the close. Jesus says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. I shine to all the world, but at this particular place, in this particular moment of intimacy, Jesus says, I'm not thinking about the world right now. I think about those who belong to me. I think about those who belong to you, Father. And Jesus prayed for all of us. Not only those who were present at that particular moment, but those who are present today. Those who have been present throughout the history and saying, God, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my Deliverer. Indeed, you're my God. My prayer is for those you have given me because they belong to you. What a wonderful expression. So Jesus focuses his prayer on the believers, on those who trust him, on those who have followed him, on, on those who have heard his call and followed. Those who belong to God. So Jesus gave us insight and revelation of the desire of the Father and the desire of the Son and has shown us how they work together for constantly working for our God, for our good. Our Father sent His Son for God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son so that all who believe in Him will have everlasting life. Amen? Remember, God has ordained a wonderful life for each and every one of us. There is a time God has ordained for while we are here on this earth and God has written every day in his book. But then there is a time when we finally are joining them before the world began. Amen? And that's our destination. That is what God says, I reveal to you. Okay? And everything in scripture is pointing to that fact that one day we'll be united with the Father and with the Son as the mighty and powerful divine family that God has loved with an everlasting love. That family that he has worked for and of course, it was not easy to bring that family up. I mean, those of you who are, who are you know, in response, have responsibility in a family, a mother or father, you know, it's not easy to bring up a family. You know, there are a lot of challenges. And of course, Jesus decided to have a family. God the Father decided to have a family. The Holy Spirit, together, they decided that they would have a family. And it was not easy to bring that family because, of course, that family was meant to be like God, to have a free will. Love God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their abilities. That means we couldn't be robots. And because we couldn't be robots, he had to give us freedom. And the freedom means that, of course, some people go astray. But thank God that he has called us into his family and is building his family. That is what he calls his ecclesia, the people who are called together from different places, out of the darkness of this world, so that we are his own family. Praise be to God. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for your prayer, Jesus. You prayed for each and every one of us. So is the Father about our lives. And even today, Lord, you're busy transforming and changing our lives until we are fitting into the very frame that you want us to be in, to be like Christ, your son. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your unlimited treasure that the word of God brings to us. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts from above. To you be the glory and honor because, Lord, we can partake of all this through you, the Christ, the anointed one, the Savior, Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.